You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Now we're on a journey to live, love, and lead better, and I'm so grateful to have you with us. Now, shh, on today's episode, we're diving into the most needed yet least practiced spiritual discipline of all, silence and solitude. This one, it's going to rock you, but in the best of ways. So you ready? Let's work. Fam, I do this thing with my kids at dinner time, and it's gotten to the point where sometimes I'll forget, and they're quick to say, Mama, Mama, you forgot to ask. Our day, hello. <laughs> so then I go, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, babies. So, how was everybody's day? And they give me the same answer, Work, it was good every time. Sometimes they'll give details, but it's the fact that I asked them that matters. And I say that because I totally forgot to ask about my fam last episode. So let's do it now. How's everybody doing? Y'all all right? Now, hello at soulworkwithsan.com is my email or San Pope on IG, S-A-H-N. Let's chop it up. Now, I'm putting my info first this week because we're ending the episode a little differently today. So stick around for it. I think it'll really bless you. Now, all is well around these parts in the Pope household, the Pope crew. The kids are on spring break and I haven't broken down. Bless his wonderful name. We celebrate the victory that that is a man again. Okay. <laughs> Cause everybody's home. Okay. Let me get to the show. Let's get to the show. Now I was going to split this up as I've done before to discuss some news that happened earlier in the week, but frankly, I'm rather exhausted by the rehearsal of it. However, here's what I'll never grow weary of saying though. And it's this. Fam, can we please lead and live with love? Like, lead with love. What's the Micah mandate again? Do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly or humbly, depending on where you're from. Christians being a part of the call-out culture is not the way of Jesus. It doesn't matter. I don't care. Now, please hear me healthily. I am not saying that we cannot correct or admonish, persuade, or even discourage bad behavior. We're commanded to do all of those things. But yo, Jesus comes with this paradigm shift for us all when he says this, by this will everyone know that you belong to me. Okay, that's John 13, 35. So hmm, question for you, Jesus, what's the this you speak of? Is it knowledge? Is it gifts? Maybe it's prophecy or preaching. Is it tongues? Maybe it's rightness. No, it's none of those things, fam. It is love. Love and how we love people is going to be our identifier. How we got so far from this, I do not know. But here's what I will say. I get it. Love doesn't meet the fleshly need that self-righteousness does. Let's, let's be real. Judging people, Pulling on other people's stuff without dealing with our own, that, that, that feels good sometimes. I already told y'all, I'm a recovering Pharisee. I reveled in being able to call out other people's foolishness and would be the first to identify what was and wasn't God. Pharisaical fussing is fun because it puts the spotlight on someone else's flaws without ever acknowledging my own. 
Besides, it creates this illusion that by calling it out in somebody else, I must have already overcome my own, right? But you can always tell a Pharisee because they lack mercy. The one thing we all need. So I'm simply dropping this off as a friendly, gentle reminder. Remember, it's okay if you don't like it, kindly argue with your mom. Here's the reminder. His grace is sufficient, not our preferred standards. Now, this is a hard pill to swallow for those of us who like rules being followed, but that's not the point of a bloody gospel. Real talk, given the nature of technology and current culture, it is inevitable that there will be many more of our favorite folks having fleshy moments for all the world to see. But let's operate in the same mercy that we would want for ourselves and leave the rest to the Lord. So yes, exhort, hold people accountable, hold people responsible, especially leaders. It's needed now more than ever. Correction, it's evidence of God's love and it's given for our benefit. Make sure that you know I said this, but here's the question, who sent you? And I don't care. I don't care to the I don't care. I like to say that often. My friends know that. I don't care to the I don't care. You do not have to say it like that. See, time out for crushing people's spirits through meanness and saying that's love or good leadership. It's not. Remember what I said earlier? I don't care. It's not. It's not. There are so many people who are running around now with broken souls because of something that was said over them and not to them in love. So it's not biblical. It's not Jesus. We should probably stop. So here's a question. Are we calling out to restore or to condemn? Because one of these things is not like the other. Say la, sugar. All right. Okay, son. That's enough. Get up off this soapbox. Let's get to the main topic. been discussing spiritual formation this season. Now I'm obsessed with finding out what it takes to walk in wholeness of soul with Jesus. The belief is if we want the life he had, we've got to do what he did. Or if we want the life that he promises, we've got to do what he did. Cause I hear some people going, I don't, I don't want crucifixion sis. No, thanks. But there is a life of peace and concord and blessing and favor. So we've still got to do what he did. You can't get away from it. He commissions us to follow him in this way. So we're exploring spiritual disciplines or practices as a vehicle to help us grow towards becoming more and more like Jesus. We acknowledge this quest. It's not about perfection, but practice. And this takes the pressure to perform off of us. Now we can open up our souls to the joy, peace, and rest we desire, but not without some wrestling first. So we've already examined slowing down as a spiritual practice. We've talked about the significance of scriptures, and we looked at the practice of Sabbath last week, having a day to rest in God and to worship. If you've missed one of these, feel free to check out the previous episodes to catch up. Now today, we gotta get quiet. That's how my youngest whispers, loud as ever. (laughs) We're going to talk about silence and solitude. I know, I know, me too, but stick with me because this one may surprise you. 
Let's start by handling the elephant in the room. I'm legit talking about not talking. (laughs) So this means I really got to make this episode count. I'm going to do my best to give you a packed overview of what it is, a few benefits from practicing silence and solitude, and then we'll discuss how to practice it because this is a discipline that you've just got to jump into. The more you pontificate or talk about it, think about it, the less likely you'll do it. Let's get to work. Now, what is it? While we know that the literal act of getting alone, being still and not speaking is silence and solitude, it's so much deeper than that. Silence and solitude is an invitation to be yourself with God. Now, we see throughout the Gospels that this was a practice Jesus participated in regularly. The one that speaks most to me is when he does this in Luke 22. We'll get to it in a second. Solitude and silence allows us to release the need to control, to fix and help the situation in our lives and in the lives of others, to be real. It creates space for us to sit with the emotions, whether they're good or bad, and to just be. This intentional time with God, it gives us the chance to wrestle with the pain of our past and to confront the deep anguish we've accumulated in our souls. Jesus models that for us in Luke 22 when he's about to be betrayed and he knows it's coming and it's time for him to die and he knows that's coming too. So he goes to the garden of Gethsemane with three of his closest, with his three closest friends and he asks them to watch and pray with him. But then he goes off further away to be by himself. Why? He's got to talk to his daddy. He's got to talk to God and he lets out to his father what he cannot say to his friends. He shares with his father what no one else could understand. And in that moment, space is made for him not only to confess and cry out what he's really, really feeling, but space is made to surrender to his father's will and be comforted after that decision. Jesus shows us where to go when it gets hard. You know those moments when we don't want to give God a yes, where there's no lights or shouts or B3 backing up our bucks. Where do you go when it's overwhelming for you? When the temptation to escape through self-damaging decisions starts to sound appealing. Who do we turn to when our souls have been pierced once again with a personal injustice that makes us feel small? We didn't do it, but we got the blame for it. Who do you take that to? See, silence with Jesus makes space for all of you. And when it comes to the healings of our wounds, yes, some miracles are immediate, while others require time. It's in these times with him, we have opportunity to experience what Ruth Haley Barton speaks of when she writes this. Some things can only be settled beyond the place of words. So how does this form us? Taking time to get away to sit with Jesus is one of the most beneficial things we could ever do for our soul's wellness. But how can we even try to do that in a fast paced world like ours? We're more distracted than we've ever been, and it's costing us our mental well-being. I was doing some research for the show and I found a study that said nearly one in three millennials are suffering from a mental health condition with the theory that the pandemic will only cause those numbers to rise. Many of us are overworked yet underpaid 
We're overstimulated, yet often bored. We're restless and highly discontent with the way our lives are turning out. Many of us are living with emotional regrets and have trouble sleeping at night because of the pace of the thoughts in our minds. We've been classified as the most anxious generation of modern time, with Generation Z coming closely up behind with competing numbers. So fam, what can we do? We can get still. Now, this sounds counterintuitive and maybe perhaps a little silly to a people who were taught hustle as a hobby. But let's think about it for a second. We wake up in the morning and imagine before touching our phones, before responding to email, seeing who liked our post, pouring over comments. What if we found our special place and sat for some time to wait, to listen and be loved by God? How does this deliberate detachment from our phones feed our souls? Well, first, it puts us back in control of a device that seeks to control us. Second, and most importantly, it prioritizes who we should be hearing from first anyway. So now let's get to the how. Now, remember, fam, it's called a practice. So we're not striving for perfection. We're just making sure we show up. Now, I got really, really great help from Bridgetown Church. They have this website that's called practicingtheway.org. It takes you through all of the disciplines or through quite a few disciplines. And they created this super helpful format for practicing all of them, including silence. Now, this one I modified a bit, but I'll share what I modified with y'all. First, find a time. Now, mornings seem to work best, but do what works for you. Now, then next, you find a space, perhaps a room, or if it's warm, maybe you can take a walk outside, like if you lived in Tampa or California or someplace south and not north. (laughs) That was for all my family that's still up north. I love y'all. Enjoy your coats. Now, next, let's focus. Let's focus. Decide how much time you're going to spend. Now, if you're a beginner, don't feel bad with starting small. If you can go longer than 10 minutes, go for it. But uh, if you can't, it's okay to start off with five minutes. I remember when I first, first started, I was like, man, I keep getting distracted. No guilt, no shame. Start where you are, not with where you think you need to be. Now, next, be sure to put away all the devices and distractions. It is time for focus. You can sit, you can lie on your back, you can take a walk, get in the posture that you need for the time. Then, Take one or two minutes before you go into your time to simply breathe. Just breathe. (laughs) I promise you this is not new age. (laughs) I feel like I can hear some of my um, some of my saints going, what is this? No, I promise you it's not new age. You're just breathing. You're thanking God while you're breathing. You're focusing and paying attention on the gift that is breathing. Now, bring your mind into focus. You can say a short psalm or a quick prayer, something like, Father, I stretch my hands to thee or Father. That's it. You can just call him Abba. Right. So you've taken the time to breathe. You've brought your mind and you said that prayer. And here's the thing about even bringing your mind in. It's not if, but when your mind tries to take you off track with wanderings, just repeat your short prayer again. So if you're sitting there and you say father and you start to get focused and then you remember your menu or what's happening today, you just say father again and bring your mind back into focus, paying attention to your breath and getting calm. And then you sit with Jesus in the stillness. Abide. 
abiding in him and relaxing in his presence. Receive the love that he has for you. You can even listen for his voice. But again, this is not like a mountaintop experience. You're not going into practice silence to say, I was doing silence today and I got a word from the Lord. This is not that. There is no pressure. There's no performance. There's no, and I'm not calling that performance, but there's no need to come up with anything. You're simply resting. You're sitting with Jesus and being with him. Now, here's a heads up. This is either going to be incredibly comforting or disastrously dreadful for you. Again, there's no condemnation in practice. No matter what, just keep showing up. If your first few times, it feels really weird, it feels really awkward, or you just can't seem to settle yourself to even receive love from the Lord, sometimes that's an indication of what's going on in the soul. All we got to do, show up the next day and the next day or the next time that you can. Now, I want to leave you with this. Many of us who listen to this show, we're, we're probably similar, right? We've been raised in a church with a more musical, colorful, and demonstrative expression of a worship experience. I personally, I love it. And I sing of its value to this day. So what I'm presenting by showing the practice of solitude and silence, this is not an either or scenario to strengthen your soul and grow in your faith. It's a both type of ministry, fam. We are a people who believe in audible vocal expressions of thanksgiving and gratitude with our hands lifted up and our mouths filled with praise, okay? So we join with King David and affirm the virtue of dancing as a weapon of war and a way to say thank you. And we posture ourselves like Jesus did. When all around our soul gives way, we anchor ourselves in the silence of the presence of God. There we're led to the rock that is higher than ourselves. It is there that we wrestle and wait we ask and listen. It is there, just like in the garden, that we turn our will over to his, knowing that it's in this place we are most known, most loved, and most safe. If this resonates with you in any way, it's because you've been feeling that tug, that pull, the invitation that says, come away with me, my beloved. Don't let the distractions of this world lull you from the opportunity to be with Jesus and find the joy, peace, and rest we've all been looking for. Ruth Haley Barton put it this way, this journey requires a willingness to say goodbye to life as we know it because our heart is longing for something more. There's some of us that are in this going, yo, I've been having this weird sense of restlessness. Like, is this it? And it's not coming from a place of lack of gratitude or ungratefulness. It's more like this internal warring or wrestling that says, nah, this, there's got to be more. There's this desperation that cries out from the soul that says, God, I, I just want you, but I don't always feel you near or God, I want you and I want to get to know you, but I feel like I keep getting in the way. So there's this hunger that says there's got to be more to this life than what the world or my family or what the typical American Christianity says there is. Now, fam, to you, that means he's bidding you to come, to sit, to hush, to be with him. To be clear, this is not a guarantee to the greater as we know it. There's going to be turmoil and testing. There will be moments of angst uh, and and 
indecision and and all kinds of feelings in these moments of silence and solitude. There'll even be final ownership of our identity, much like Jesus in the garden. He says, God, I don't want to do this, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours. So take heart, fam. There's no greater journey to be on than the one that is with the lover of our souls as he's guiding us, loving us, and leading us home. Like I said earlier, I'm ending the show differently today. There's this prayer slash poem by a man named Ted Loder, and I want to leave us with this. In the event that you feel led to try the practice of silence, perhaps after this episode or um, use this poem a little later, this prayer, I hope and I pray that it will help center you before your time. Now he wrote it. It's called Gather Me to Be With You. Let's begin. Oh God, gather me now to be with you as you are with me. Soothe my tiredness, quiet my fretfulness, curb my aimlessness, relieve my compulsiveness. Let me be easy for a moment. Oh Lord, release me from the fears and guilt which grip me so tightly, from the expectations and opinions which I so tightly grip, that I may be open to receiving what you give, to risking something genuinely new, to learning something refreshingly different. Forgive me for claiming so much for myself that I leave no room for gratitude, for confusing exercises in self-importance with acceptance of self-worth, for complaining so much of my burdens that I become a burden, for competing against others so insidiously that I stifle celebrating them and receiving your blessings through their gifts. O oh God, gather me to be with you as you are with me. Amen. I love y'all and we'll see you next week. Remember, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Talk soon.